0: The views expressed in this program are those of the participants.
1: Captain's log, star date 2949.9. The evidence presented by the visual playback to my general court-martial was damning. I suspect even my attorney has begun to doubt me. Computers don't lie. Are you suggesting that I did? I'm suggesting that maybe you did have a lapse. It was possible, you know, with the strain you were under. There's still time to change our plea. I could get you off. Two days ago, I'd staked anything on my judgment. You did. Your professional career. I spent my whole life training for decisions just like that one. Is it possible that when the moment came, I... No. I know what I did.
2: Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, May 3rd, 2018. I'm Bob Metz. I'm Robert Vaughn.
0: I'm Mary Lou Ambrosio. And
2: I'm Paul McKeever. And this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us
3: for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right.
4: Fade into color, and color into black and white.
2: Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. And today's episode of Just Right is brought to you by the letter P and by the number 1, something that we'll be explaining to you right after we remind our listeners that they can write us at feedback at justwritemedia.org, subscribe to Just Right on iTunes and on SoundCloud, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, Visit us at www.justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links, including Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, all of our archived broadcasts.
3: Well, gang, from the uh, (laughs) FBI director and the P story, we're going to segue later on into uh, party politics and pandering to progressive principles and all things, starting with the letter P, including the word possible, probable, plausible. Maybe an F word in there too, I think, but I'll get to that. I can't believe that this is actually a news item in 2018 from the Daily Beast. Trump P-tape could be real, says ex FBI director James Comey. I'll just quote you some parts from that particular Daily Beast article so we can get the ball rolling and start and uh, you know, lay the groundwork, so to speak. James Comey, the former director of the FBI, says it's possible that a P-tape involving Donald Trump and Russian prostitutes actually exists. There's another P-word. The most infamous section of the Steele dossier, which was full of salacious claims involving Trump and Russia, included a totally unverified claim that the now president, another P-word, paid prostitutes <laughs> in 2013 to pee on a Moscow hotel bed where Barack and Michelle Obama once slept. Quote, I honestly never thought these words would come out of my mouth. <laughs> but I don't know whether the current president of the United States was with prostitutes peeing on each other in Moscow in 2013. Unquote. Now that's Comey talking. He goes on to say, it's possible, but I don't know unquote. Comey said that during a private dinner with Trump on January 27th of 2017, the president brought up the dossier and said that, quote, he may want me to investigate it to prove that it didn't happen. And then he says something that distracted me because he said, you know, if there's even a 1% chance my wife thinks that's true, that's terrible, unquote. So guys, I just can't believe we're even talking about this. And this has to be front page news all over the newspapers, all over the television and radio, something as absolute, absolutely nonsense as, as all this. What does it mean, Paul? What does it mean? Or what does Comey mean when he said, it's possible?
5: Yeah, well, he's deliberately, in my view, confusing two issues. One is the idea that something might have happened because there's some evidence. Or the completely separate concept, which is fantasy. There's the F word. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Fantasy is when you just make something up. It's also known as BS. It's completely groundless. There's no reason to believe it or to disbelieve it. It's completely and utterly arbitrary. And I think that Comey deliberately is referring not to something that might be true or that's possibly true, but rather to something that someone might
3: Baldly assert
5: without the slightest shred of evidence
3: one way or another. So there's a distinction that he's clearly not making between what is possible and probable or even plausible. Mm -hmm. Right. On the one end. and the one end. And then pure fantasy, made up lies, BS on the other. Right. He's insinuating by using the word possible. That that it actually happened.
5: Yes, he really is. He's saying,
2: well. But then he added, but he doesn't know for sure. In other words, yes. Maybe it's possible that he does know, <laughs> no. And
0: sadly, because this is 2018, there are lots of progressives. There's another yeah. P word. Yeah. Who will take it to mean what they want it to mean, and that's that.
5: Yeah, and they hope that if enough people think possible means probable, or right. or possible means that there's some shred of evidence in favor of it, then that's all they need. Comey, of course, by dropping his integrity level to this, I think says volumes about his the entire book that he's just trying to flog. I don't know how many many of you have read uh, that book Atlas Shrugged. It used to be on everybody's... uh,
3: I've heard of it. Yeah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Reading lists in high school or in university. But there's a famous scene there where the government is really upset because it has a publicly funded science institute that hasn't really invented anything despite the billions it's been pouring into the institute. Meanwhile, some privately operating uh, fellow named Reardon has invented a, a metal that's Stronger and lighter than steel, and can, with which you can do all kinds of fantastic things that other metals never allowed you to do. And so uh, they want Reardon to part with his metal, but he won't do it. So they decide to trash talk the metal. Of course, they have no bad information about the, the metal. So what do they do? They say, "Well, things like this. We cannot be certain, or scientists cannot be certain, that at some point, a rail made out of Reardon metal won't snap, killing millions of people." This kind of thing. Or that a bridge won't it's possible. Follow. It's possible, you see. But it isn't possible. It's not possible because there's not a shred of evidence in favor of the idea that it might happen. And it goes both ways. Whether something might be true or something might be false, you can't say it's possible that something's false either. Uh, if I say it's false that, um, you know, there's a person who lives on Mars that controls in some way the uh, the weather on Earth... Uh, I can't say that. That's an absolutely arbitrary statement. For all I know, uh, someone with advanced technology is up there manipulating the weather on Earth. But what if I say it's possible?
3: I think you're wrong. Exactly. That is what's called fantasy. Exactly right. It's not even possible. Right. It's like saying that it was possible there's a dragon in the next room, when no, it's not even possible, plausible, or probable. Right. It's pure fantasy. Interesting context here. What if someone had said it's possible to go to the moon? In
2: 1790.
5: You mean in the year 1790 they said the words... How would would you classify
2: that word possible in that context? Because now in retrospect we know it's beyond possible and probable. In fact it became fact. So is a person who's predicting something out of the future that may or may not retroactively be found to be true and saying something's possible... Is he, is he falling
3: into the same trap as what we're talking about? No, I don't, I, I don't think so. Completely no. different context. No, because it's all based on reason. What is reasonable right. to, uh, to, to say and to project Given the evidence possible. that exists. Given the evidence, yes, and given what you know about reality. The destination is a moon, right? It's right there. You can see it. It's a fact. Earth is a fact. We're and here. And he knew
2: about rockets that you yes. didn't
3: have the technology develop them to the point. Some of the earlier science fiction right. had people being shot out of large cannons. Cannons, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I mean it is not oh, it's feasible, let's put it that way. Well they they knew that there was there were propellants, such as gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
5: Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, another P word. Uh they knew that there were propellants that could that could shoot missiles, mm-hmm. which they were shooting already, cannonballs and various things. So um that's not as soon as you have the technology to throw something through the air potentially very long distances. You're already in possession of evidence.
3: Now, how feasible then would it be, using that criteria of what we know to be true, is it that there's even less than 1% chance that Donald Trump did what the number one person in the FBI, at least during 2013 to 17, the Obama-appointed FBI director, Comey, suggests is possible. I mean, what we know of Trump and of his past behavior, does it suggest that this is even possible?
5: Well, it doesn't look as though, for example, that he pays for women to have sex with him. If we take to be true that... With a wife
3: like that, why? Well, that's one thing. Uh,
5: She's wonderful. And the other thing is that if this stormy daniels stuff is at all true i i don't think even she's uh, suggesting that she was paid to do that with him she's suggesting that she was paid to shut her mouth about having done it with him i think that's a big difference so i you know when you're that rich you don't have to pay for some woman to be attracted to you you certainly don't need to pay for prostitutes i'm quite certain that if he was in russia and he wanted three women to accompany him to his bedroom he would have had more than enough people who Went there, not necessarily to go peeing on things, but, <laughs> but who, who wanted to just spend time with him to get to know him better, perhaps to become a part of his life. So I, would s-
3: I would suggest that Comey is correct. It is possible. Pee exists. Prostitute exists. Mox- Moscow exists. That bedroom that Obama uh, and his wife stayed in exists. I mean, these are things you can envision in your mind that this thing could happen. Now we talk about probable or plausible. I think it's highly implausible.
5: Yeah, I I think there's an essential piece missing here. When you're saying that someone did something, you need some evidence that they did it, not that the tools existed for a person to do it. Because then we could insert anybody's name. We could say that uh, Mary Lou or you or Robert or I was the one in the Russian Mm -hmm. room.
3: That's possible. It isn't, you see.
5: Highly unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say not possible at all, because there's no evidence that any of us have ever ever even been
3: to Russia. That's true. (laughs) 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 <laughs> niet, niet.
0: <laughs> but then by that standard, isn't it possible that Bill Cosby didn't do what they said he did?
3: <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> That's the only phrase See, I would Russia. say
5: at this point,
3: uh, with respect, just to give you Is an example. Is it okay to
5: air that? Uh, <laughs>
3: domestic animals work for man. Yes, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs>
5: Uh, you know well take it, hey, let's let's go there so yeah. with respect to the trial they've had a trial it may have been conducted in a way that's consistent with the rules of evidence or not but the, at the end of the day a trial due process has been had a decision's been made someone has con- convicted on the basis of some evidence and so i would suggest that there must have been a possibility if there was evidence, I don't know what the evidence was at the trial. There must have been a possibility that it was true. And then um, because there was a possibility, they were able to beat that to standard, which is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, it might eventually be shown that that decision is incorrect. And then we might be able to conclude that, no, it wasn't possible. But at this point, the best evidence is the evidence that was pr- you know provided at trial and that was decided upon, decided upon by a jury to have given rise to possibility.
3: Here's another possibility, and actually something that is more plausible, that Comey knows that this is not the case and that he is simply making this up and putting it in his book to disgrace what has become a great president because he's an Obama man and he's a Democrat and he's a leftist and he will stoop to anything to disgrace Donald Trump. I would say that the
5: evidence of that motive Uh, is that he felt it necessary to qualify his answer. He said, it's possible, and then said, but I don't know. Now, nobody does that unless they're afraid that by saying it's possible, they will be taken to have said it happened and might be getting, getting sued as a result. So he thinks that by adding the weasel words, but I don't know, he's somehow saving himself. And maybe he is as a matter of libel and slander laws. But in terms of what he's intending to do there, I think he knows darned well that if he didn't say, but I don't know, saying it is possible is tantamount to saying there's evidence for it. Mm -hmm.
1: At a time of desperate steel shortages, we can't afford to allow the expansion of a company which produces too much and might replace companies which produce too little. That is how you create an unbalanced economy. Oh, well, I tell you what. If you can answer me one simple question truthfully, I'll consider your request. Is Reardon Metal good or not? I'm authorized by the government to pay you a very generous sum for the rights to Reardon Metal. What would seem fair to you? Tell me if Reardon Metal is good or not, and I'll sell you the rights. The question of Reardon Metal being good or not is irrelevant. If Reardon Metal is not good, it's a physical danger to the public. If it is good, it's a social danger. If you have any proof that Reardon Metal poses a physical threat, show it to me. Otherwise, we're done here. Mr. Spock, as a first officer, you know a great deal about computers, don't you? I know all about them.
2: It is possible for a computer to malfunction, is it not? Affirmative. Do you know of any malfunction which has caused an inaccuracy in the Enterprise computer? Negative. That answer is based on your mechanical survey of the Enterprise computer, ordered by the defendant prior to this trial, is it not? Affirmative. Now, the star date... the day-
1: computer is inaccurate, nevertheless.
2: Why do you say that?
1: It reports that the jettison button was pressed before the red alert. And that is impossible. Is it? Were you watching him the exact moment he pressed the jettison button? No, I was occupied. The ship was already on yellow alert. Then how can you dispute the finding of the log? I do not dispute it. I merely state that it is wrong. Oh. On what do you base that statement? I know the captain. Human beings have characteristics just as inanimate objects do. It is impossible for Captain Kirk to act out of panic or malice. It is not his nature. In your opinion? Yes. In my opinion.
3: So, is it possible? Is this James Comey supposed, I don't know, possible accusation, non-accusation possible, (laughs) And I say that given the nature of the man, given what we know of Donald Trump and what he's done and what he's accomplished, um, I would not say that it's impossible or not possible. I would say that uh, the answer is no, it didn't happen. Unequivocal? Yeah, I'd go as far as to say unequivocal. Knowing what I know of, what little I know of James Comey, what little I know of the left, of Obama, of Trump's detractors. What I do know of Trump and what he has accomplished as president, I would say that this is pure BS. And I call BS on Comey, and I suggest that um, this is a number two job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so but, number one on that. <laughs> yeah, but look at what... You well know, you know, agreed, especially when you, as you say, as you've set out, when you have a choice to make, you can look at the behavior of these people in the past and the behavior of these people. Well, left and right... We kind of know where that takes us.
3: Exactly, yeah. And just look at what Trump has done just um, recently with the Korean steps towards some sort of unification or denuclearization. Yeah. I saw that on television. And I'm thinking, oh, my father passed away last year. He fought for two years in Korea. He was forward ops in Canadian Special Forces, you know, yeah. to, telling the artillery where to, to, to go down on the Chinese or the, uh, the North Koreans. And uh, that's how long this has been going on. He just died uh, last year. I think it was 85, something like that. And the the war was, actually, the war is still going on. Yeah,
5: technically still on.
3: You know, it was a, uh, they call it a police action at the time, but it's actually a war. And and now it's over, or it seems to be over. And when I saw uh, the South Korean leader walk across to the north and the North Korean leader go to the south and, Marching that parade, I'm going, wow, this is historic. Mm-hmm. This is really historic. And the, um, even CNN reported in an interview with South Korea's foreign minister that um, she said, clearly, credit goes to President Trump. And I bet you the CNN interviewer, uh, who was it, Christiane? Uh, at the, yeah, at the time, I bet you she just like sort of yeah. s- squirmed at that. But absolutely true. So, you know, something, you know, I don't even care if it's possible whether it's plausible or whether or not he actually paid bookers to do that. The result of this presidency has been so positive that I think that this non-story, this nothing burger of the um, FBI director and the P, you know, I don't care. I really don't.
0: Yeah, certainly. The one who deserves to be viewed with cynicism is Comey himself.
3: Oh, exactly. Yeah. And I just wish that the United States would actually uphold some of the laws that are on their books and and hold the the people in the highest office to account.
0: So there was a discussion about whether, if this did happen, whether or not Trump deserved the Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) If
3: he was ever nominated for the Peace Prize, or Peace Prize, I would suggest that he decline it because the recipients in the past, especially the very recent past Mm -hmm. of the Nobel Peace Prize, have sullied... That award, yeah, it's sullied it. it it's a it's club ridiculous. that if they admitted you, you really yeah. wouldn't <laughs> want to be. You wouldn't would, want to be admitted.
0: Would, how how quickly did they give it to Obama? In fact, didn't they give it before, to him before he was even?
3: I wanted to give it to him because he was half black.
0: That was it. That's that was he it. To
3: yeah. Do. Yeah. Oh yeah, great. He hadn't. I
5: don't think. Well, how long he'd been in office? About a month and a half. Something. like that? I think like?
0: they decided even before he was inaugurated.
3: No matter. I mean, he hadn't, uh, so zero, he hadn't accomplishments, zero accomplishments. anything? Zero accomplishments. He was an unknown senator. You know, he was a social justice warrior in Chicago. A nobody, really.
0: I believe the Nobel Committee said it was based on his vision. Which, really,
3: I mean... The audacity of them. (laughs) Well, the
5: audacity of claiming that that's your vision and then not following through. Because he was hardly a a president who brought anybody any peace. You know, there were several expansions, in fact, under Obama, as I understand it.
0: Right.
3: Oh, he helped destroy that, that nation, and that is why... Trump had the slogan he did, make America great again. After eight years of Obama and the Democrats, you had to have it make great again because it was no longer the nation that it once was. There's no doubt about that. And Trump has succeeded in just two years. I think he's done phenomenal. Even though, I mean, (laughs) you can go back to some of the earlier Just Right episodes and and find that I wasn't a Trump supporter. I was a Cruz supporter. Me too. But but, you know, hey, I'm a Canadian. Oh, I give credit where it's going. I got no skin in that game. But as an outside observer... You know, I, I was shooting for Cruz, well, but I was—I'm was, uh, glad that Trump won it.
2: Yeah, because at that time, Trump was really the unknown for in in so many respects. That's true. On a philosophical level,
5: well, he was also being given appropriately so the treatment that Reagan got. Reagan was a movie star. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump was a TV star. Oh, and I be, see what you mean. Yeah. He, it was hard to take seriously that Reagan would ever be the president, and for many, it was <clears throat> hard to believe that Yefaiad would ever become.
3: You know the president of the United States. Well, I remember he's... when when Reagan was elected, and I remember all of the uh, backlash was bedtime for Bonzo mm-hmm. stars yeah, sure. be yeah. president. Yeah. You know,
0: Ronnie Reagan.
3: Reagan. Ray yeah, yeah.
0: That he was a yeah. warmonger. Well,
3: Oh, that was because of the Star Wars program. Yeah. 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 So leave it to the left, and what we know here at Just Right about facts and the left and the right, I'm saying that um, possible, probable, plausible,
5: immaterial,
3: immaterial. <laughs> his son Comey <call> <laughs> well it's funny you
2: say this because when i was listening to some of the local commentary about the whole north and south korea issue our local left-wing commentators ken and lisa on on cjbk they were talking about you know kim traveling with his own toilet <laughs> that, was, that was their big big issue of note right because he travels with his own toilet because they don't trust yeah. him going to the washroom anywhere else. He might even have a disease. You know, they, they kill each other. They poison each other because that's how their system works. So we're, works, at, we're back right? to pee, are we?
3: Yeah, we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, In but you're doing... This is, this is so, a good this point. This is a shallow kind of... But this you know, you point. When it's when a
3: shallow I, coverage of a momentous historic right, event.
0: Right, because it's an inconvenient president. Right.
3: The, the strangest thought crossed
2: my mind when they talked about this, and you'd think it would be something about... Uh, you know, how stupid these people are and how low they go for what they think is an important right. issue. And I was just thinking, oh, my God, he must. this Kim Jong-un must be the most unhappy person in the world, mm-hmm. even though he's a leader of a country. If you've got to travel with your own toilet and you've got these people around you, it's just such a testament to me. That toilet became the symbol <laughs> of the depravity of the North just when they were talking about it. They couldn't get well, away from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, when he you is, have to be that that security conscious.
3: He is sitting pretty on his throne
2: in in North
3: Korea. (laughs) And you know that the man is a despicable, evil tyrant. There is no question about that. Absolutely absolutely no question of the the countless amount of suffering that he has caused and his predecessors before him. He's
2: always in fear of his life from minute to minute. That's why he even had to go around killing killing his relatives. It's the system that forces it upon them. And it just seems to me to be the worst system of horror and terror in the world that you could create. Them talking about him traveling with his toilet became the symbol in my mind of that. I'm going, oh lord if you're that in that much trouble you've got to be the most unhappy person in the world. I don't know if you can get any worse than that. You know it's odd
3: that uh, in my circle of friends on Facebook that The majority of them, I would say, were saying that we shouldn't have anything to do with North Korea and Kim Jong un. The guy is a tyrant and a dictator and a mass murderer and have nothing to do with him. And I think this is interesting because as statesmen, you sometimes have to deal with dictators and tyrants and murderers and to move ahead in the right direction. Sometimes you have to. Especially when they've got a gun pointing at you. Yes, (laughs) nuclear missiles. Sometimes you have to swallow your pride. Glad hand, walk across the border, you know, sit down and talk and play with the cards you're dealt with. And I think this is a step in the right direction. You could
5: argue that you don't have to cross borders and shake hands with people who are already your friends. You can almost take those things for granted, which is why, you know, the president and the the, uh, prime minister of Canada aren't always meeting one another. There's no real need. Mm -hmm. We're already... Only when they have a dispute. Exactly. <laughs> and, even then, and even then, I think the prime minister just sort of begs his way across the border and kisses the president's feet. And why? Because the president takes a relatively authoritative role in, in saying, look, America first. I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with all the connotations of that. But when you say to other people, um, you, no, no, where we hold the upper hand, and it's true, then that's an appropriate move. And I think that's probably why we're seeing movement in North Korea right now. Trump realizes that North Korea, by and large, the only thing that gives it any cre- cre- credibility at all is that it's it's uh, working on this missile program. But other than that, I mean, why would you... It, there's just a trailer park.
0: It's interesting to see how the left just has no faith in his ability to play it the best way, depending on the circumstance. Because remember when, when he first started with the tweeting and they were terrified, oh, he's about to start a nuclear war. In fact, actually, no...
3: He'd probably just That's averted one.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, I I, have n- I never for a minute felt that way. I Even didn't Even when either. he was saying we're going to bomb no. North Korea, I said, oh, finally I feel safe. In fact, yeah. I remember saying at last, a voice of reason. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah.
5: And there's no way they haven't been ready with uh, an appropriate attack plan should uh, North Korea ever have the capability of doing any harm to the United States at all. There's no way the United States hasn't had supercomputers working through every possible stra- uh, strategy and tactic to avoid any harm coming to the United States. And,
2: and there's a China question too, because yeah. China's you know, behind North Korea, and now the whole Chinese trade deal, which we talked about with Salim Mansour earlier. All, the, all these factors come together, and, yeah, and, and Trump is playing all the pieces on the world stage amazingly never seen a president like this in my lifetime anyway
3: are you
4: surprised by how quickly this moment has arrived I mean, let's face it just four months ago kim jong-un was talking about pressing nuclear buttons from his desk and I president th- trump was responding in kind
0: yes seeing as i keep telling my colleagues i feel like somebody stepped on the accelerator uh, at the beginning of the year and it's been non-stop since then how do you account for it clearly you know credit goes to president trump he's been determined to come to grips with this from day one at the end the message was north korea will not be accepted never be accepted as a as a nuclear power but if you change course there's a better future offer that we are willing to work with you and i think the consistency of that message But certainly the pressure and the sanctions uh, that was increasingly being implemented in in a unified manner by the international community, I think the combination has worked.
4: Sometimes people say to me, Pastor Jeff, how do you know there's a God? And I say it's simple math. God either exists or he doesn't. So let's be cynical. Worst case scenario, there's a 50-50 chance. And I like those odds. That's wrong. Shelley, put your hand down. Sorry, please continue. It's okay, Mary. It's Sheldon, right? Yes, sir. Well, Sheldon, why don't you come on up here and tell me how I'm wrong? No. Okay. Let's give him a hand, everybody. What's happening? Shelly's gonna eat him alive. (laughs) So, you were saying?
6: You've confused possibilities with probabilities. According to your analogy, when I go home, I might find a million dollars on my bed, or I might not. In what universe is that 50-50?
4: So, what do you think the odds are that God exists?
6: I think there's zero. I believe in science.
4: So you don't think science and religion can go hand in
6: hand? Science is facts, religion is faith. I prefer facts. Mm
4: -hmm. I understand that. Here's a cool fact for you. A lot of famous scientists believed in God. Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, even Charles Darwin.
6: So Darwin's right about God and wrong about evolution?
4: Now you're getting it. Let's give it up for Sheldon, everybody. What a good sport. you're
2: listening to just right broadcasting around the world and online it is thanks to our financial supporters that it is possible for us to continue on our journey in the right direction and to share our programming with the world check out patreon.com slash Just Right Media, or visit www.justrightmedia.org to offer your financial support. And while you're there, be sure to sample our archive broadcasts featuring an array of timeless discussions of all things just right about freedom and capitalism. Two words we very rarely hear from progressives or
3: conservatives. Well, freedom and capitalism only as pejoratives, I guess. Capitalism equals greed. Well I think it depends on which slavery. I think it, it <laughs> depends which conservatives you're
5: talking about. You know it's interesting. Before the show started, I was having a conversation with Mary Lou and uh, you'll recall that regular listeners will recall that last week on the show uh, Bob and I were talking about uh, characterizing the left and the right and, and I had said something to the effect of, you know, hey, well let's imagine or let's think about what the left does and how it characterizes conservatives. I said that conservatives usually say that the right is conservatism and conservatism is the right. And then the left says that conservatives generally are traditionalists and they liked the way things were in uh, 1885. I think I was trying to pull a few strings there. But anyway, but then I said something to the effect of, but there's some truth to it because some conservatives are in fact traditionalists. They're not right wing in the sense that uh, you and Bob and I and and Merrilee would talk about right wing. And so it, it comes up uh, uh, as an interesting topic because Mary Lou said, you know, she knows people who li- were listening to the program, conservatives, people who consider themselves conservatives, who were listening to the program last week and were had their feathers ruffled. And I thought that was Speaking really interesting. Speaking of wings, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right wingers with their feathers ruffled. So I thought it would be uh, important because we've always sort of had some of this discussion off off the air for Mary Lou to describe what she's experienced and and um, you know sh- you know give us an idea of what it's like if you're a conservative who's affiliated with the Progressive Conservative Party, who feels, you know, uh, taken to task by Paul McKeever. Maybe Paul McKeever needs to dial thing, things back a bit. So anyway, let's hear from Mary Lou on this. Well,
0: no, I first of all, let me say I'm not a progressive conservative. You are. have uh, not been. No, 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 no. But I am but an unabashed federal conservative. Um, and I happily call myself a conservative, but I do understand how the label is interpreted. I do believe it's unfair. I think, I think what people need to recognize is that um, at some point, a lot of blue blue liberals left the federal liberals because they realized these guys are going nuts. They're going way left, this progressive thing. So we have a lot of. Swiss. I guess you would call them classical liberals, mm-hmm. and I would kind of put myself in that category as well. Although I've always been okay about calling myself a conservative, right? And I don't see myself the way you described conservatives. Do I believe in tradition? Yeah, I think the tried but true is wise a lot of times. Right. I don't see that as a negative thing. So my concern was that sometimes when I hear um, the way you reference conservatives, I see you possibly alienating people who otherwise do share your values well, and I who would support the freedom I recall Party.
2: both me and Paul agreeing that a conservative could be on the left yeah. or on the right. Yeah, that's true. And that, that alone does not define conservative. My problem with even any... I even hate the word wing because, you know, I, I picture an actual wing of a sort. We always say, you know, we're not right wing, we're just right because the wings are attached to one body moving in a single direction, whether it's left wing, right wing, they're both going the same way. But the issue is that labels like conservative, radical, liberal, all those, they apply to people. Left and right only apply to ideas. And those various gradients of people definitions more define the mix of left and right ideas that they, ex- that they accept within their own identity. So, right. so, but the problem is, each identity becomes less and less defined yeah. as you can't say a liberal's a liberal anymore, you can't say a conservative is a conservative because they could be each other, just like you said. Yes. Blue liberals, red Tories. Yeah. So the blue and red refers
5: to the left and right,
1: mm-hmm.
5: whereas the liberal Tory refers to the individual. Yeah, in fact, if you make a generalization about conservatives as opposed to conservativism, you're already talking about people versus ideas. So if if conservatives are upset at something I've said, it's not necessarily that they're upset about conservatism, it's that they're upset with something I've said because of something personal. My experience has been that too many progressive conservatives find the progressive conservative party to be a vehicle for winning as against the provincial liberals. I agree with that. And so so, uh, people who are on the right now, when I say on the right, I mean in the sense that Just Right talks about on the right, end up in many cases uh, saying, well, I guess that's the party we have to go to. There's there's only two parties that are huge. Those are the liberals and the progressive conservatives. swig so over to the PC party and that's where we hang our hat. Now, it's a decidedly mixed bag because uh, although everybody in that party might consider themselves conservative, conservative in some way, shape or form, they all know amongst themselves that they are wide and Various type of people, you yeah. know, there are people who
0: the infamous big tent. Yes, right. it's
5: a very big tent. So in fact, those parties, the liberal and the conservative parties, get called brokerage parties because what they're trying to do is mend fences between opposing factions right. within a within a given party. So my experience has been that people who get upset when I say something that usually they agree with, they get upset anyway because of the fact that the party that they're associated with. Doesn't agree with the idea. In other words, the people are in that party. They like, you know, say the ideas that Freedom Party, the party I lead right now, they like those ideas. But because I'm beating up on the Progressive Conservative Party, they take it quite personally because it's it's their party, right? The problem is that I'm attacking the ideas of the party itself, not the ideas of the individuals, because I know darn well, many Progressive Conservatives who in fact, would have run for Freedom Party if they thought Freedom Party had a better chance of getting them elected. So there's a decision being made by people on the right, some of them, to work with a party like the Progressive Conservatives. I think it's a dramatic mistake, and, and that's why I say the things I do about the Progressive Conservative Party. And I know I get flack for it. But it's kind of like, in my view, you know, a smack of reality.
0: I guess, but I don't see, a, generally I don't see a problem with saying things about the progressive conservative party yeah. with people I know, because they probably agree with you. Many of those people say first order of business and for the progressive conservatives is to get rid of the name progressive. Yeah. Like that's going to happen.
3: But. Actually, if they got rid of the word conservative, it would be more aptly named. Early. Well, yeah.
0: certainly. Yeah. The, at least what they've become now. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I think the problem is for the people on the right who end
5: up joining the PC party, they're finding they're outnumbered. And yeah. they're trying in good faith to change the party from within. Right. I've heard this a million times. Unfortunately, and we've seen numerous elections where this happens, people get burnt out trying and finding out that there is a, a structure within that party that is designed to make sure it never happens. And I think, Agreed. frankly, the the party leadership right now, that's evidence of it. And the, the most obvious uh, example we've talked about before was the uh, retail versus uh, government monopoly on things like cannabis. Yeah, You know, I think Doug Ford came out and said, oh, you know, we're in favor of competition in a free market for retail sale of cannabis. It took nothing more than about 48 hours before the party rank and file told him, no, 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 you don't understand. You're the leader of a party that's opposed to cannabis altogether. We're prohibitionist. And, and we're, not, we're not saying all of us, because clearly, I mean, even Mark Emery, okay, the Prince of Pot, the anti- anti-prohibitionist extraordinaire joined the progressive conservative party this year yeah. so that he could work with their policy campaign to try and get them to adopt a pro-private sector retail model. They didn't do it. And now he's left. Work? Yeah, yeah. He, he had to leave. Well, I think it lasted less than 24 hours.
2: Uh, yeah. He did it in support. <laughs> Doug Ford came out the next day saying that if it were up to me,
5: I wouldn't even legalize it. Yeah, and that clearly yeah. was false. Yeah. Well, or maybe it was true, but either way, we don't know what he stands for. It was for.
0: nuts. It was yeah. within a day.
5: Yeah. yeah. So uh, I would just say, look, you know, I, when looking at a party, I think the most important thing to do is to look at what the party offers as its planks. And say, I agree,
0: because otherwise, what people are doing is they're they're um, projecting and they're 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 yeah. uh, assuming that the party is going to stand for the right. things they believe in. I agree, but again, I I feel like. Those are all fair comments about the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario, 100%. I don't know if they're that fair about the Conservative Party or Conservatives in general.
3: You can't talk in generalities regarding people. I've I've, I've found that. I've, I've made that mistake, of course, in the past. And we're all people, and
2: we've all been through it. I've been a liberal, I've been a conservative, I voted NDP at
3: one point in my life. Wow.
2: I I mean, the only thing (laughs) I did, Bob, I did too. Hey, that was (laughs) when I thought they were for freedom of speech, right? It's it's
3: funny that just a few weeks ago, we had sitting here at this table uh, Andrew Lawton, who is now the candidate for the PC Party in London West, um, opposing the Freedom Party candidate, Tim Hodges. So it's very interesting to find... That on that show where Andrew was here, we were talking about, do we talk about the evilness of ideas or the evil people who hold the ideas? And we started to talk about how disparaging people is different than disparaging ideas.
0: That was before Andrew was a candidate. It was before
3: he he declared his candidacy, yes, but just after um, his um, job at um, AM 980 ended. Okay. So... And I i was still thinking about his discussion about that weeks later, and he's absolutely correct. You know, you cannot group people. It's like herding cats. And not only that, it's a changing situation. A person mo- may hold a particular idea at this point in time, but then hold the exact opposite idea later on. So it's dangerous territory you tread when you start to label people and call people this or that. You're a conservative, so therefore you believe this. No, never uh, no, it's that it's
2: an interesting comment because I would have said that even when I voted NDP, I was still a freedom person as an individual, but I couldn't find a party that had any policies that agreed with my freedom philosophy except the NDP, that at least at that time, this was going back 30, 40 years had some kind of free freedom of speech thing, and which totally went out the window later, as we know at the left, going on with the parties. But I didn't really change. I've always been of a freedom mind. I just was never focused. And I didn't know which of the parties matched my, for, for what I want in policy.
3: You're a perfect example, then, of what I've been saying, Whereas, just because a person may hold a particular point of view at this time or vote a certain way at this time does not uh, deserve him of a label, well, that can I, mean a hundred different things I, to a hundred people. I'm going to disagree people. with in
5: one respect. If, for example, Joe Smith, just picking a name that's not a real person. Well, there's many people, but it's no particular person. You, you pick any old Joe Smith, and he decides, I'm going to join the NDP party. I'm going to give it money. I'm going to put it sign on my front lawn, whatever. To whatever degree he's paying attention, he's guilty. He's guilty of
3: supporting that which will destroy the province. Ah, but is he evil? But let's say, for example, the NDP get in and they have some evil ideas. Don't know. But are the people who might support them evil in their nature? You could say that, that only you
5: know, two, two possibilities exist. One, yes. And two, no, ignorant. So you can either be ignorant or you can be evil. If you choose deliberately to do that which you know is wrong, you are doing an evil thing. I'm not saying that ever, that means that every you're a black and white, all evil, all black, uh, or all uh, good. But what I'm saying is there are no shades of gray when it comes to being good, <laughs> right? As soon as you take, it's like the old Mr. A comics made by but Ditko. But they think
3: they're being good when they vote a particular way. They may, and I agree with you, it does come with a sense of ignorance. People Sometimes. might vote, oh, I'm going to vote uh, NDP because I think that, sh- that working families need to have a handout or a hand up in, in, in daycare, in, in being able to afford daycare. That seems to be an altruistic sort of thing for me. What they fail to realize is, of course, to get the money to do that, you have to have people's pockets picked at the point of a gun to get the money to do what you want to do I'll, altruistically. I'll, I'll say this.
5: I'll say this. If I have chosen you know, box A, And box A is the one that says the the result of this will be that people are murdered or uh, enslaved or expropriated. Okay? Box A is definitely evil. And that's indisputable. What is also indisputable is that I supported box A. If I discover because I was ignorant that I did what I did not intend to do, it's incumbent upon me not to say, well, we've all got to come together, or we, we can work from within box A to make change, or we should all compromise. That's not the appropriate response. The appropriate response is to say, I disavow box A. I should never have supported box A, and I apologize for any harm I did by supporting box A. When a person joins a party or supports a party or puts their sign on the front lawn saying... Well, I know they're socialists, but they're less socialist than the other socialists. They are saying, I'm supporting socialists. Knowingly, not unknowingly, unapologetically, decidedly, and I think that they have to assume all of the guilt that comes with that.
6: Compared to that weak, double talking, phony baloney conservative known as Patrick Brown. Doug Ford is a breath of fresh air when it comes to being the leader of Ontario's Progressive Conservative Party. But based on recent announcements, some people are wondering if Doug Ford really does represent change or if this is a matter of, as The Who once sang, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. From the moment he announced that he wanted to be the leader of the PC party, Doug Ford was crystal clear in his speeches that this party would not be beholden to the elites and that it would always be accountable to the desires of grassroots constituencies when it came to electing PC candidates. Well like a lightning bolt from Mount Olympus, a directive was issued noting that no fewer than 11 candidates would be appointed in various writings. I'm sorry Mr. Ford democracy rushed is democracy denied we might be near the 11th hour in terms of choosing candidates but it's not quite the 11th hour yet some of the candidates that have been appointed are unapologetic liberals case in point Meredith Cartwright she's a Toronto human rights lawyer she once headed up one of Canada's largest liberal women's clubs and she once vied to be the federal liberal candidate in Toronto Centre But this lifelong leftist is now the PC candidate for Toronto Centre? Does her resume sound like it's one that belongs to a Conservative? And then there's Christina Mitas, who was appointed as the candidate in Scarborough Centre. Mitas is a Masters of Arts candidate in Leadership and Policy at OISE, the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education. It would be impossible to find a more left-leaning educational organisation in all of Canada than Oisey. So why, Doug, why? Why parachute hardcore liberals into the PC party?
3: So Paul, what if your mother voted uh, NDP? Would you say she's evil because she voted for a socialist?
5: When I was about 18 years old, they came around to the door. What, well, the evil socialists? The evil socialists. Oh, the NDP, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, lived, uh, <laughs> I lived in South Oshawa. My dad worked for the General Motors. Uh, as almost every boy's uh, big uh, union town big union town uh, union office well nowadays it's about uh, two blocks from where my house used to be and uh you know I was new to politics it was my first election I got to vote they're excited about it uh it was either Mike Brio or Ed Broadbent because they were both our representatives Mm -hmm. one federally the other provincially and uh, I was very excited and they didn't just want us to vote they kept wanting us to vote in other words they kept knocking on the door until we finally came out to the school to vote and I found it great and I thought these people were wonderful coming to my door and they wanted me to vote and they wanted my vote you know I was valuable and I voted NDP because that's what you did now I didn't have a preachy dad who said you always vote NDP I don't think he ever had a political conversation with me at all like nothing about parties I don't think you talked about parties until I was leader of Freedom Party in 2002 so um, uh, no I, I was just completely
3: ignorant um, and I repent <laughs> well, so so if everybody out there is not evil then they must all be ignorant are they Is uh, everybody Yes, yes. they they know
5: they if they're not evil they they must be ignorant because there's nothing good about evil for one's own life. You can't say that uh, you know if I murder and slave and steal I'll get ahead. In the long run you won't, right? Now, you might do it because you're ignorant.
3: Now, of course, by the word ignorant, and I have to clarify this because I have a friend who says that the word ignorant doesn't mean what I say it means. And, of course, ignorant simply means without knowledge.
2: Yeah. Right. Now, may actually, I, I... Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Go, no, well, I okay. would distinguish that from that those who willfully blind. That's another category,
5: no, that's I think, right. with the okay. left,
0: and that's one that bothers me. And that, and that's what I
5: think, on, to be more honest, you know, I think most of them are willfully blind. I do, or too. In they fact, ignore worse than that i think they they lie to themselves yep. in other words they say they, they make up they make up reasons why uh it's appropriate to murder enslave uh expropriate people i'll give you an example we've talked many times about adjectives being added to concepts established concepts like social, social just- justice yeah. yeah okay why do they find the need to Regressive. use the word? conservative exactly <laughs> why do you need to put an adjective on there because you know darned well that the meaning of the word justice has nothing to do with the meaning of the word social justice. You wanted all the, the flash and credibility of the word justice, but you didn't want the meaning of the word right. justice, yeah. right? You wanted something else. And so social justice means, well, let's put people in independent groups and let's see that some are w- richer than others or more powerful than others. And let's just leap to the conclusion that, therefore, some injustice must have occurred, that it counts for the fact that this group has more than this group. By characterizing it in terms of justice, you can fool yourself into believing you're doing something good. But you're not talking about justice. You're talking about rationalizing theft and slave, uh, slavery, or even, in some cases, uh, killing people. Well, killing people, for example, when they refuse to comply with a law. I don't know if Waco counts, but you get the idea. Um, Mark Emery, he violated a simple law that says don't open your store Given a $500 fine, refused to pay the fine. The police come and put him in, in handcuffs. They put him in jail. He refused was, to pay the was fine. over
2: Sunday shopping. Don't open your store Don't open, open your Sunday.
5: store. Yeah. I, it, people say, oh, they would never do something that severe. Well, the ultimate penalty for every broken law is death. That's it. If you resist,
3: the you, police will
5: you will be shot. Otherwise, what credibility does the government have? you must comply or else the government has no credibility. And that means the final authority with governance is a bullet.
2: And that itself is not a bad thing. No. Because if government's doing the right thing, that's exactly how it should be. But to speak to a more fundamental issue, as Robert asked, would your your mother be evil if she voted for the NDP, right? Well, all of our history, our whole, all of the parables of of religion, You know, we all understand that morality begins with the light of knowledge. If you are in a state of ignorance, such as the animals, they cannot be moral creatures because they do not have knowledge. So I, I would say morality begins with the light of knowledge. Morality ends where a gun begins, as Ayn Rand used to say. And that's when the light of knowledge is being shot off with a weapon.
5: Well, no, not necessarily assuming that gun is being
2: used improperly yeah right? to to take
5: away from a person yeah. their freedom to choose their right, you know w- whether to use their life or, or to, to cut their them off from the knowledge
2: that they know they have you see they 're using That's, the gun to to force you to believe something that you know
3: is not reality they 're severing right? the
5: person's freedom to think from their from their freedom to act
3: but let 's just look at how the chain of thought, if we could, and uh, try to avoid generalizations here of a person who might vote. For a left-wing government, uh, let's take for example uh, child care. Right now, all three of the socialist parties running—the Liberals, NDP, and PCs—here in the province of Ontario—are promising government money for daycare. Okay, so on the face of it, some little old lady, maybe your mother, maybe yours, um, is saying, "Oh, well, that—that's a pretty good thing." Now, why do they think it's a good thing? Perhaps they think that, well, it's the government's money. The government has to spend the money somehow. Maybe this is a good place to put it versus, say, putting it into guns or weapons or something like that. So I'll vote for that because I think that's a good thing. And they don't realize, perhaps, that the government only gets their money through taxation. Ha, but they think taxation is a person's responsibility and duty so that we can have a state and a government to control people's appetites, uh, you know, gross appetites. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good thing that they take money from people at, uh, at the point of a gun so that we have a just and peaceful and orderly society. So they're not necessarily thinking evil. They're thinking for the public good. But I'm being devil's advocate here. By yeah, the yeah, way. but that's because their moral code in that case is itself evil. Yes, the ends justify the means, or that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or that you're your brother's keeper, or and that therefore brother. the government ought to use bullets to take your
0: your
5: money and give it to your brother. And that's not.
0: I, I think, sadly, I think that the truth is with most people they they're just not exposed to the other argument. They're yeah. not. They don't have never experienced that pushback in a in a constructive way. It says, do you realize what you're doing? Thou shalt not steal. Remember that? And most people, when you put it together for them and make them confront what they're actually doing, most people say, oh, that's a good point.
5: Yeah, and the the reason there's an inconsistency there, I think, is that they're thinking wrongly. They're falling into the the left-wing argument that everybody is your brother or your sister. I don't think anywhere... It said mm-hmm. in any part of the Bible, everybody is your brother, everybody is your sister. And this
0: gets to the point of why it's so bad to have three parties, major parties, that essentially think the same thing, because who educates well, the public about what's really happening here?
2: I'm, re- I'm reminded of this other dimension of knowledge, and ain't so much what people don't know that gets them into trouble, but what they do know that ain't so. Mm-hmm. And, that's, yeah. and that's another form of ignorance, isn't it? Yes,
0: yeah. absolutely.
2: And yet it It comes packaged as a package of knowledge. If you believe that you're your brother's keeper, if you believe all those moral parameters, these are things that could fall into the category of things that ain't so.
0: What's interesting, too, when you say that, Mm. I can't tell you how many um, people who think like I do, who are still with the PC party, when we have these discussions... On a one-to-one level, and I push back and I say, "Well, do you do realize the PC party's done this? Mm-hmm. Basic income, minimum wage, da da da." They say, "I know." Well, that's bad, right? Yes, but there's always a but. There's there's a. I don't get it. I'm reminded. I'm but reminded
3: but of of a, a particular movie I love. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> And it, it, what you're talking about here reminds me of the, uh, it goes to 11. Yeah. yeah. Because, because it's an unexplainable, inexplicable yeah. <laughs> thing that a person refuses to grasp when yeah. when the uh, rock star says, have a look at this amp. Yeah. You know, this is not an ordinary amp. It goes to 11. Right. <laughs> and so Rob Reiner's character says, well, why don't you just call 1110 and th- th- yeah. it'll, it'll just go to 10. And his response was... Because it's 11. But but it goes to 11. Yeah, right. That's, right. that's right. And this is what I'm seeing um, sometimes when you confront people is that, okay, I know you're trying to get a point across, but the effort it will take for me to understand your point of view is too much. And I don't want to spend that time and effort to understand your position. So I'll just say that it goes to 11. That's right. Or... Well, this is the Progressive Conservative Party. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to whatever. <laughs> Same thing.
5: Because <laughs> they don't want to look at the issues, which is what really is the, the proper definition of a party. What does it stand for? What does it do? What do you want in a party? Not who happens to be a member at the time. And what do they happen? What label do they happen to give themselves?
0: Sometimes they're more honest and they tell me, but we can't win on that. Yeah. So that's another one that I don't accept. Yeah. Because is the point to win on the bad ideas? Because if so, why don't I just vote liberal?
3: Right. Case, case in point, uh, just before the a few days ago, I, I would look on Twitter about all the conservatives there, and they were saying that I'm sick and tired of the uh, Ontario liberals running deficit budgets. We need a progressive conservative party in there that will get rid of the deficit budget and lower our debt. So what happens a couple of days ago? Doug Ford, the leader of the Progressive Conservatives, comes out and says unequivocally, we'll be running a deficit budget the first year. What do the Conservatives then say? I love his honesty. He's a great leader, to be so honest. I'm going to be voting Tory because of that. In other
2: words, it goes to 11. It goes to 11.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I got your point.
2: You know, there's another thing, too, that's unique to we around the table here, being the Freedom Party. And that is the issue that a lot of our criticisms aimed at, say, PCs may not have been valid in the, if there were no Freedom Party in the arena because then you do have three evils to pick from or you can stay home and not vote. And so if they want to vote for the lesser of... Of a given number of evils, that's the only option right. given them. Right. Now all you of sudden, the water. all of a sudden comes a, a, an option that is good. And yeah. I don't mean I'm not bragging here. I mean good no. in their own minds, in, in their terms. Okay. Yes. Well, it's true. They agree yeah. with all our platforms. They would oh, agree yeah. with it
5: all, but yeah. then comes the moral dilemma. Yeah. And it's the hatred of the good for being good. There's a there's a dilemma, they call it a dilemma. I don't believe in dilemmas, mm-hmm. but Sophie's choice. Mm-hmm. It comes from a movie. Yeah. And the mother is faced with a Nazi who's saying, Choose which of your children will be killed, or else I'll kill them both. Yeah. Right? And this is supposed to be a dilemma because, you know, what mother could make such a choice? In my view, there is a third option. And that is all three of them charge the guy, run at him, grab his gun, and try to kill him. Oh, well, that's so unlikely. They're not armed. What's the chances that they'll, they'll actually carry off the, the assault and get the gun and kill the Nazi? It's so unlikely. Could you better... ever
0: forgive yourself if you didn't make that
5: choice, though? That's exactly better. right. This is the Sophie's Choice that we're talking about in politics. Well, it's unlikely that Freedom Party will win, so let's kill one of the children. Right. Yep. There you go. Well, guys,
2: our time is up, believe it or not. And I think it's uh, not only probable, but possible and plausible that we will return again next week. So join us then as we continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Into color, color into black and white. Under the everything
6: will be your-
1: Come on, gentlemen, come on, let's go, let's move along You don't belong here, back, 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 back Get away from the wire, back. Schultz, What's going on?
6: I know nothing, nothing
1: Come on, Schultz
6: If I would know something, I wouldn't even tell myself You don't even trust you?
0: I'm too smart for that